me uh, invite you to pray with me again as we um, prepare to spend some time together in God's Word, listening to God's Spirit. Lord, thank you for time together as a um, as members of your family. And we thank you for your promise that when we come together under the umbrella of your name, that you are here and that the presence of your spirit is working and active in a special and intensive way that we don't experience in any other format. So thank you for being in our midst. Thank you that you inhabit our praise. Thank you that you hear and answer our prayers. Thank you that the same spirit who inspired the writing of these words will now inspire our understanding and application of them. Thank you for all of the ways that you are working. Lord, I pray that there won't be a single one of us who leaves today uh, precisely the same as we were when we arrived. My prayer is that maybe for the first time we would experience something of your spirit speaking, nudging, prompting, stirring, and maybe for the first time we would be willing to respond to that. Maybe, Lord, it's been a long time since we have heard you speak. And today we're going to ask that you would once again deepen our awareness of your presence in our lives. Lord, we ask all of these things, not because we have worked really hard and earned it and figured it out, but simply because we need to. Lord, we know that um, you are light, and we want to live where you are. So Lord, be with us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we are going to look at a number of uh, different passages of uh, Scripture as we continue to make our way through the 12 steps of recovery, or as we've also been thinking about them, uh, the steps of discipleship. These are steps of discipleship that are useful for us uh, not just uh, in recovery from alcohol or drug addiction, but in uh, our recovery and our restoration and our turning from uh, universal addictions that we all share, uh, addiction to control, addiction to sin. And so uh, as we've been looking at these 12 steps of discipleship, we've been thinking together about a journey uh, towards wholeness, and that journey is mostly characterized by surrender. So uh, the goal is wholeness, the method is surrender, and the tool is the 12 steps. So we are on step 10 today. And as we transition to this 10th step, we are uh, making a little bit of a shift. Uh, the 10th step says this, we continued to, make, uh, to take personal inventory. We continued to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. So a lot of times when I hear people uh, working steps, uh, there's an initial impulse that says, uh, step 10 is almost just a throwaway step. It's almost like you know, we had 11 really good ones and we needed 12, and so here's step 10. Uh, step 10 uh, sounds like uh, just keep doing what you've been doing, but there's an important element here. There's an important truth that step 10 is trying to alert us to. And uh, also with this step, 
we're changing our footing just a little bit. Uh, the first nine steps of this process of discipleship has um, really been a reformation process, a restoration process. Thinking about what are the old things that I need to get out, what are some new behaviors and new attitudes that I need to cultivate and get in, is putting off old clothing, is putting on new clothing. And now with step nine, uh, with step 10, 11, and 12, uh, we're moving more to a posture that says, how do I uh, continue this trajectory of growth? How do I uh, stand firm in this new life that, that I want and desire? How do I keep the new clothes that I'm putting on uh, new and fresh? And so uh, there's, a, uh, there's an important recognition that we need to uh, come to grips with in step 10, and that is that we are always addicts. Uh, step 10 is saying uh, we don't stop being addicted to sin. Uh, we don't stop being addicted to uh, control. Uh, we're always addicts. Uh, we get into recovery. Uh, we get into places of more sobriety, more wholeness, but there's always uh, the control addiction and the sin disease, along with its denial and its delusions, always hovering there just a decision away. It's always waiting to pounce. And so this step says you have to be alert to that. You can't stop thinking of yourself as an addict. You can't stop thinking of yourself as somebody who suffers with the sin disease. You have to always be alert. And so step 10 says we continued to take personal inventory. And this is uh, precisely uh, as we would expect the Bible to tell us as well. And uh, it does. So listen to Galatians 5. <coughs> Galatians 5, 16. Uh, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. Uh, if you want to look uh, with me, you can follow. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the, the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, on the other hand, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And so this is step 10. In this step, the step says, be in step with the Spirit. Having begun in the Spirit, stay in step with the Spirit. And notice when you aren't. 
and notice when you aren't. And so the idea of Galatians, uh, uh, the text here, the idea of uh, step 10, is that we're installing sort of an early warning system. The idea is that we have sort of a, a panel of gauges in front of us that are alerting us to problems before they become catastrophes. And we're asking ourselves, uh, along with the text, are there places where any of these things are beginning, uh, even in, in, in sort of very beginning ways, to show up in my life? Are there places where these things are starting to get a foothold? Uh, is there a place where there's some dissension? Uh, am I uh, in a place of division? Am I envying? Am I resentful? Is there a beginning of, of pride? Is there any of that beginning to show? And then also on the positive side, are there... What is the status of peace in my life? Uh, am I walking in peace? How much patience do I have? Do I have a reservoir of patience uh, that I'm continually living out of? Or is my patience running thin? Uh, how about joy? Do I live a life characterized by joy? Am I kind? Am I doing good? Uh, am I, I'm just monitoring and watching the presence of the Spirit's, the evidence of the Spirit's presence in my life. I'm beginning to notice Am I getting conceited? Is there conceit that's showing through? Is envy showing up in my life? And if it is, when and where and under what conditions? What is it that's, that's sort of fueling and developing and, and nursing that envy? At this step, am I in step with the Spirit? So the question is, watching. I'm observing. I'm noticing. And then the second thing that Step 10 invites us to do is not just to notice once, but that this becomes a practice of ongoing inquiry. That I am content, but I'm never complacent. That I have a practice of ongoing in inquiry. I'm constantly observing. One of the fascinating encounters of the New Testament is the encounter between Jesus and Peter that takes place at the end of John's Gospel. And this is after Jesus' death. It's after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus is making himself known to his disciples and to many others. And it's after, tellingly, Peter's denial of Jesus. So Peter has said, not once, not twice, but three times, that he doesn't even know who Jesus is. Now, if somebody was in your life, and they denied knowing you, that they turned away from you, they walked away from you in the moment of your maximal need, your maximal pain. And at that moment, they walked away from you. And then later on down the road, you encountered them again. What would you want to say to that person? What, what would be the first question in your, in your mouth? My first question would be, what were you thinking about? What were you doing? What happened? I needed you. Something like that. Jesus says what? What's Jesus' question to Peter? What's he say? Say it. Do you love me? Do you love me? And he says it again. Do you love me? And he says a third time. Do you love me? Not once, not twice, but three times. Jesus is inviting Peter to look inside and to ask himself the question, do I love Jesus? It is the decision that I'm about to make, is the course of action that I'm about to embark on, is, is the attitude that I'm cultivating, is it, it, it an expression of love for Jesus? Do I love Jesus uh, in the action, in the conversation, in, 
in this relationship? Do I love Jesus in the priorities that I've set? Do I love Jesus in the way that I'm spending my time and my money? Do I love Jesus? Not just once, not just twice, but a, but a habit of continuing to come back over and over and over again with the question, do I love Jesus? It's a practice, a pattern of, of ongoing inquiry. Worship is a part of that ongoing practice. The liturgy that Mary Beth prepares for us each week is a part of that ongoing practice, that ongoing inquiry, that, 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 that returning again and again and again to the question, do I love Jesus? Every time we come to worship, let the Spirit ask that question, do you love me? And look at the way that the liturgy reminds us of the places where our love has grown thin or cool or has turned to something else. Look, no, the, the ways that the liturgy reminds us of the, the ways that fear has crept in or self-centeredness has come in. And instead of expressing love for Jesus, we're expressing our fear about something else. The, the, the way that we come together in worship is a, is a pattern, it's a practice of ongoing inquiry. And step 10 says that we need to have those practices. We, we need to, to recognize that uh, we don't just settle, that we don't just rest, that we don't just cruise, but we're pursuing actively the question, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And then the third thing that step 10 says is this. When we do discover that there are places where we are more uh, expressive of fear than love, when we see those places of jealousy, when we recognize resentment, when we come uh, face to face with a lack of patience or joy, when we recognize the gauge is telling us that we're not in step with the spirit, what happens? The, 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 the step 10 says that we, we keep short accounts, that we correct it immediately. Ephesians 4.25 says this, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. What, what Paul is saying is that when you, when you see deception in your life, when you see, when you see uh, deceit, when you know that you're uh, shading the truth, when you see that, when you see anger, when you see greed, when you recognize that you're cutting corners, when you see that getting into your spirit, Admit it and correct it. And then he puts a time horizon on that project. And he says, do it before the end of the day. Keep a short account. We need to watch the gauges. Am I in step with the Spirit? Recognize when I'm not. It's not a one-time question. It's an ongoing practice, a habit of inquiry. And then when we recognize a place where we've fallen out of step, we correct it promptly. We're going to spend a few minutes as we end today looking at a prayer tool that can help us to do all of those things. But before we look at that, I want to look with you uh, and notice 
Uh, one uh, last text, and it's Galatians 3. Uh, it's just a little bit earlier than the text that we just read a minute ago. And this is a question that Paul is asking the Galatians. Galatians 3, he says in uh, verse 2, he says, Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law? Of course not. For the Holy Spirit came upon you only after you believed the message that you heard about Christ. He says, have you lost your senses? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? And so what I want to, what I want to remind us of is this, that when I notice that I'm out of step with the Spirit, when I recognize the warning sign on the gauges, when I, when I recognize that something is getting uh, off track, the, 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 the practice, the discipline of noticing and correcting, noticing and correcting, is not a, uh, uh, it's not a replacement of grace, but it's a call to it. Over and over again, every time I recognize that I'm out of step, that I'm falling behind, that I'm going my own way, every single time I recognize that, it's a call back to grace. It's a call back to surrender. Each of the 12 steps is really just a very concrete invitation to relying on God's grace. It's a concrete invitation to humbly surrender again and again and again to that grace that started us in the first place and ultimately empowers and sustains and makes possible the life of wholeness that we long for. Walking in step with the Spirit is walking in grace. Step 10 calls us back to that life of grace over and over and over again. Making that a part of our practice so that it isn't simply a theory, but it's something that we can take on and do uh, one of the tools that um, followers of Jesus have been using for almost 500 years now is called the Prayer of Examine. And we have a copy of that on page 14 of your worship folder, the Prayer of Examine. And I'd like to take just a few moments and walk through this with us as a prayer exercise. My encouragement is that um, you find a way to put this prayer in front of you uh, each day. At the beginning of a day, at the end of a day, the middle of a day, uh, whenever it is that you have the time and the space to be uh, most present to what the Spirit wants to say. And uh, as I was thinking about that, um, there are cards that you can make. Uh, you could just keep this page. Um, you could make a, a, your own sort of index card or um, uh, laminated card and keep that available for you. There are uh, about a dozen apps that you can get that will put this in front of you uh, whenever you want it. Uh, you can also sign up to be on an email list where uh, you will get prompts sent to your email account. So whatever it is that you need to do uh, to step into Step 10 and in Step with the Spirit, uh, a habit and a practice of reviewing, of watching, of noticing. Um, let's put this prayer in front of you. And so uh, um, uh, let me uh, ask, invite you to keep your eyes open, but bow your head. Uh, put the words on your lap so that you can see them. 
And uh, the first step is to simply become aware of God's presence. Becoming aware of God's presence is a... um, It's a longing that God has for us even more than we long for it ourselves. This isn't something that's elusive. This isn't something that's just for a certain special spiritual few. But this is a promise that Jesus gives uh, to each and every person who knows and follows him. Just begin focusing your thoughts, your worries, your fears, all of the the jumble that's racing through your mind. As you become aware of God's presence, the first thing that we do is express gratitude. Look back over the course of the last 12 hours, of the last 24 hours. And just express gratitude for the gifts that he's given to you. What have you seen? What have you experienced? How has God been at work in you and around you, through you? And then here's the real heart of the prayer of examine. It's a reflection on the day through a very specific lens. As you're looking across the landscape of the last day, you're asking the question, where were the moments um, when I was most alive? And where were the moments when I was least alive? What were the highs? What were the lows? When were the times that I felt the most love and gave the most love? And when were the times that I gave the least love and experienced the least love? When was I most joyful? When was I most frustrated? Just begin to recognize the highs and the lows. And then seeing that and recognizing the highs and recognizing the lows, then the next question is just simply a question of what is the action here? Is God's Spirit leading me to a place where there's some uh, forgiveness that I need to seek, some confession that I need to engage, something that I need to do in terms of my attitude, a relationship, a behavior? What's the correction that God's Spirit might be inviting me to do?
And then looking forward to tomorrow is simply an invitation again to rest in God's grace. It's an invitation to to look forward again to the new gifts, the new opportunities, the new ways that God will be at work, the new things that he has to reveal and unfold and give, new ways that his presence will be known and enjoyed, new ways that he takes our, our worries and our fears and our disappointments and carries that burden in new ways that he strengthens our hope and fills us with joy. offer these prayers to our Father who loves us in the name of the Son who saves us and through the power of his Spirit. Amen. I'm going to invite you also, uh, those of you who have a Oasis group uh, this week, uh, to use this prayer of examine as the basis of your Oasis conversation. Uh, take some time and think through the ways that uh, this kind of a prayer practice can be useful in helping to develop a habit and a pattern of recognizing and noticing the things um, in my life that are out of step with God's Spirit. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, we do uh, give you thanks for uh, this time of listening to your spirit speak. And I simply ask, Lord, that you would uh, clear away from our ears and our minds and our hearts the distractions and the filters that prevent us from knowing you. Lord, give us the courage to see what it is you want us to see and to hear from you the things that we need to hear. Give us the grace to rest in you in new patterns and activities of surrender as we give ourselves to you over and over and over again. Lord, we give you thanks and praise uh, for this ongoing work in our lives. In your son's name we pray. Amen.